You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. Daily conversations with Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith. Well, build a thriving business that honors him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. This is episode 77, and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. My guest today says that a few small changes can make a huge difference in someone's life. Be that positive light. Joining me on today's show is Kara Kaczynski. Kara, she is an author. She's a pediatrician pediatric occupational therapist with over 20 years experience. She specializes in sensory processing disorder, trauma-informed care, behavior, advocacy, and autism. Now, as a speaker, Cara brings her expertise as a pediatric occupational therapist and a mum of two children with autism to parents, to caregivers, to families, and to educators. Inclusive worship for families of children with special needs is a growing area of focus for Cara. And on today's show, she is going to share that nothing happens by accident. She was trained as an occupational therapist prior to the birth of her children with special needs. And through personal experience and working with families of children, she's now able to train therapists across the globe. God always has a plan, doesn't he, Carol? Attitude is everything. And she's also going to talk about the importance of inclusive worship and that it does not have to be expensive or time consuming. That and so much more we're going to dive into today's show. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. As we were talking uh, before uh, we pressed record and we shared live, you know, these opportunities to speak with people such as yourself and to hear the stories and the journeys that you have gone through. When we're able to turn and, and look at the various events and situations and often challenges that uh, we have experienced, God is able to wrap that all up, isn't he? For us to then speak into that and be a light to someone who is struggling and, and needs that support. So, uh, so such an honor to be able to speak with you today to, to share that message. Just share a little bit about, um, well, obviously the passion that you have for this because you've experienced it, but just give us a snapshot, if you will, of of um, how you've got then decided, you know what, I'm going to speak into this. The reason why I say that is there may be someone listening or watching today that has not yet realized that the experiences they've gone through, God wants them to now take that mantle up, pick that mantle up and share that message for the world. How did you come to the decision that this is really what I'm going to do from now? Well, I think that being an occupational therapist was something that came really randomly to me. When I was a junior in high school, I thought, well, what do I want to do? And I I spent some time in an occupational therapy clinic and immediately I knew it was for me. And mm -hmm. at the time it was with adults. And then like you stated, my children came along and I remember watching 60 Minutes and thinking there was an episode on autism. I thought, oh my gosh, I hope my kids never have that. Mm. And I remember that moment in my life and then they ended up being diagnosed. So I think you're right. As a Christian, we have to either accept what God has for us or we can get angry. Mm. So I think so many of us get angry 
in life. And we choose to get angry at somebody because everyone wants to blame somebody Mm -hmm. when something goes wrong. And it's so easy for parents to do that. And if you don't have Jesus and God in your life, it's Mm -hmm. really frustrating. It can be frustrating because you don't have that acceptance of his will in your life. Yes. Yes. I think that's been a huge thing. I was raised, you know, with a strong faith and that just came it just supported my husband and I as we got this news about both of our boys having autism. Mm. So, So, I mean, obviously for people that are watching or listening today, I mean, I would assume that many of them are Christians and maybe they're going through the exact same experience. And if you're not, then you're absolutely welcome to watch and please reach out and there is support uh, for sure. And we're going to give your details, Cara, uh, later on in the show. What was it, I mean, for, for people that are experiencing that, if you go back, I mean, there would have been things that you've done that you can really now see that it supported you because sometimes it's what do we do and it's in that the decision and the action that we take is going to determine how we go through that and and obviously get out the other end what was it for you that really helped well I think that acceptance of the diagnosis first was important Mm -hmm. and the fact that knowing what I know as a pediatric occupational therapist Mm -hmm. is the fact that early intervention is so critical to the future of these kids. The brain is plastic, meaning it forms a lot of new connections the younger a person is. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean it can't change later, but as a, you know, and I accepted it and then got started to seek help. And, and that's the biggest thing I think that changed everything for us is when we started to accept the help from Mm -hmm. people and then learn that through that we could form support groups and support each other. And I think building a social network of just loving people, Mm -hmm. you know, it was so important around in our lives. And that was a crux. That was a critical point Mm -hmm. when we learned that there are other people going through this. We weren't the only ones. And not only could I, you know, be in the groups, but I could help lead and start groups too because I have been through it. Yeah, so it's I, important, isn't it? Oh, it so mm-hmm. is. And I think sometimes as parents, if I think back to, to some of the things that I've experienced, my children are all older. I mean, it never ends, does it? No matter what age group it is, we're always mum and dad and, and uh, situations occur. But I think knowing that we're not alone, knowing that there are different ways, different means, different support to help not only the parents through, but also the child, and there are some incredible stories just for people who may not um, be aware of what are some of the symptoms that you identified in, in your children because maybe someone is listening and watching today that may not because you said early intervention is so important so let's help us to be able to diagnose that and, and understand it more clearly what should we be looking out for that's a great question. I'm so happy to answer it because there are certain things that, that are the trademarks of autism. And the saying is, if you've seen one kid with autism, you've seen one kid with autism. However, mm-hmm. there are some common threads. And one of the biggest ones that is early is that children don't take that, you know, there's a babbling between a mom and, and a baby or a mm-hmm. dad and a baby that's just supposed to happen where I look at you and I say, goo, goo, goo. And you, you know, you have that response. And a mm-hmm. lot of times babies don't have that kind of babbling back and forth or mutual desire to communicate Mm -hmm. and that's tough but it's really early on one of the first things parents notice and when they mention it to doctors it used to be and again my kids are 18 and 15 but it used to be the doctor would say 
well, that's just a boy or that's just something, you know, maybe, you know, you're talking for him, but really that's the, the lack of reciprocal communication is what it's called is one of the first signs. Another one is when you call your child by his or her name and the child doesn't respond. So you kind of feel as though, you know, is, is he not hearing me? And then they oftentimes do a hear, hearing screening on these kids first oh. to make sure they're actually able to hear before they say, you know what, he can hear you, but he's choosing to be in his own world, so mm. to speak. So those are beginning signs and pretend play is one that's lacking very often. Yes. And as you know, as a mom, that that's something that kids love to do, imagine and pretend, mm. but it's lacking in a lot of our kids. Yeah. And I think those sometimes as parents, there is something, there's an inkling, there's a sense that we have often. Mm. And now, thank goodness, there are a more trained or the doctors and the specialists that we come into contact with are far more informed and again we'll certainly share with people how they can get in contact with you because I'm sure you've got lots of resources and support there to to be able to to offer them so talking about um, attitude is everything I think that is so important you've already said recognition and then knowing that there is is hope and possibility for any child because of the support but let's talk about this because sometimes it, as you said, it can be a, a real, you know, a shock to find out that your child has autism. Right. Everyone has dreams and hopes for their children. You know, before they're born, we often plan mm -hmm. their future out in our heads. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something human, human nature does that, right? We have dreams and hopes. And when those, you know, when someone tells you your child has autism, which is a lifelong disorder, mm. you know, you, you're kind of going through a, a little bit of a grieving process. And I know that sounds harsh, but that's the truth. You're mm -hmm. grieving the dream that you had. So it's kind of an acceptance and a grief at the same time. And that's, don't feel badly if that's the, the steps, that's one of the steps to acceptance is being mm -hmm. sad about the things that you're maybe not going to be able to do. And then realizing that your child is a child first mm -hmm. and needs to be supported first for emotional needs and behavioral needs. And then the other stuff comes, you know, comes after the therapy and stuff. But the, the child has a certain personality and mm -hmm. we have to nurture that too while we're working on all the developmental skills. Yes, so absolutely. So that's critical. Yeah. yeah. One of the, the Bible verses that I love, and I can't recall where it's from, but it, you know, it's, it says that we are all knitted in our mother's womb. So God had a plan. And I think every single one of us, no matter whether it's autism or whatever it is, we are all unique. And every single one of us has a plan for, you know, within the kingdom, which I think is really exciting. And, you know, when, when you say the word disorder, I mean, yes, there, it just, there are some commonalities. There are some characteristics and traits that um, people exhibit. But as we said, one of the key things is knowing and, and as parents, we can support and um, bring, you know, different environments and, and uh, just the way that we educate and that we relate to, to our children um, to, to bring out the best uh, in them and, and the qualities. What would you say to someone who perhaps is at that stage where they, they realise they have you know, change their attitude that, okay, let's, let's move forward. What are some key things that as a parent that we need to surround ourselves with so that we do provide that environment where our children can thrive? One of the big things that we see is the fact that, uh, I forget the statistic, mm. but it's a huge population, a huge group of us in the church that don't attend church because it can be a tough environment for kids with special needs. Uh -huh. And that's not because 
people aren't accepting of it. It's just because you're expected to behave a certain way in church. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times our kids have a really hard time. They fidget in order to pay attention. Mm -hmm. So churches seeking out a church and kind of helping educate them on your child's needs is one of the most important things that I would suggest. Once you've accepted it and have mm -hmm. the therapy in place, make sure that your spirituality is being fed because your child you know, the people at church are the ones that are going to help you mm. through your difficult times. And they're going to love your kid, you know, mm. love on your child. And, you know, it's hard for parents because it's kind of an, you know, can be embarrassing when a child maybe is expected to sit quietly in church and they might have a little outburst. Yes. And, you know, some might say, oh, that must be a badly behaving child. Mm. Well, maybe if, if we educate them on, look, this is what's going to happen. My child might yell out if there's, mm you know, an issue with maybe the sound system might screech, that might be really upsetting for Johnny. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if you hear him scream, just smile. And, you know, this is what you can do to help us. So that's yeah. the one of the biggest things that is lacking is people just are afraid that someone mm -hmm. will, you know, the church especially will kind of shun them, but th that's not going to happen. You know, we really help mm. educate our churches and that's important area that is growing yes. is this desire to educate churches mm. in it, helping because that's our family without oh, our family is our, you know, absolutely. our churches are yeah. everything. And I think awareness, it's not that people may not, uh, it, it's awareness. They just don't realize and it's yes. with anything, isn't it? When we are armed with more information, then we can make better choices. We can be supportive. And I think from, right. pe from people who may not know how to how to what to say you know sometimes something happens or a situation and it's because we don't have an idea on what should we say what's the best support so what would you say to 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 those of us who are Christians who, who go to a home church and who may be uh, recognizing now that there are parents that do have children with autism what can we do to better support them that's the best question ever <laughs> because, you know, I think people really do want to, but they're afraid of it and mm -hmm. don't know, you know, if they're what, what to do. So as a parent, I love the fact that education is power and anytime we can give information, that's powerful. So maybe just if, if the people in the church are willing, just say, you know, here's what my child's needs are. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe if he's upset, just kind of you know, smiling or ignoring, or maybe just giving him a buddy mm. that so he can actually attend the um, the Bible studies, you know, the Sunday school classes and the vacation Bible school. And buddy ministry is one of those basic things that is free, mm. and, you know, affordable. It's just pairing him up or her up with a loving child that will yes. just be their buddy and just kind of sit with them that's so important and that just gives acceptance to the child too yeah you know what I love about that is if I think back to um, my children when they were younger through kindergarten through you know we have kindergarten primary and then our college here in Australia um, there were children that had um, disabilities one of them um, was in a wheelchair and the buddy group of the children were really encouraged to be friendly and supportive and he always had friends they they just really loved this this child you could really see he felt accepted and uh, kids want to do that they just yes, sometimes they need do. to be nurtured and shown what's the best way you know yes. and once kids not understand that they are so and that's what it says in the Bible you know be a, ch of ch a child's mind because 
children can often not have that judgmental. It's, it's, it's actually, I think, almost mm. a learned experience, isn't it, or a learned reaction? Absolutely. And that's mm. what we want to teach our kids as Christians is accepting everyone. Mm -hmm. And those differences in, in it, the way God created us are so important. And, yes, when we empower a typically developing child to be a buddy to someone, they will carry that over to school yes. and throughout life because they feel that joy of support their friend mm -hmm. and it's these kids a lot of them with autism even though you think they're not paying attention and loving you they do are capable of so much mm. love and it's a really it's a huge misperception about autism in particular that these yes. kids don't love and have joy and they when someone is their friend in church mm -hmm. and, and accepts them for who they are that's so speaks volumes to them because you know in school there's a lot of bullying of kids mm. with special needs. Yes. So having that church family to fall back on for these kids is critical. They really it's need critical. that for their self-esteem. Oh, it certainly is. I would love you to, to speak more into some of the misconceptions. It's like when we know better, we can do better than being supportive. What are some of the misconceptions that you see? So the, one of the big ones is that our kids don't feel love. And mm. I think in, in our society today, social communication is quite difficult because you're not only are we communicating verbally, but we have this eye contact mm -hmm. and we have a, I shake my head and you shake your head. And we're doing it right now. We're engaging yeah. physically and verbally. Mm -hmm. And if a child has verbal deficits and learning disorders, in, a, in other words, they might have significant speech delays and trouble mm -hmm. speaking and communicating. And then further, reading social cues can be tough. So what happens is these kids kind of end up just sitting there and thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do. So they just kind of shut down. Mm -hmm. And that's it's hard for them then to communicate love and affection. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's just, we just need to look for little body cues and, mm -hmm. you know, smiles and just things that are hard, you know, easy for kids to kind of global communication in any language love mm. is felt. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So they, yeah. You know, I think they can be, you know, people think, oh, they don't speak or they don't, you know, hug you. They don't, maybe don't like to be hugged, but they're not mm. lovable. But that's mm. not true. Oh, Go not ahead, true. Amber. Not true at all. I mean, no. uh, have you read the book, The Five Love Languages? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. Well, my oh. first love language is touch, but there is something about that. It, I, because I don't come from a hugging family unless, you know, we're, we're close. So sometimes, but it's, it's really bizarre that even though that is my love language, if I don't yet kind of know you, that that hugging thing can be quite awkward for me. But isn't it so important for us not to judge others on what, what we expect or what we feel or, or have so important to us? Every one of us has unique characteristics, the way we communicate, the, our preferences, and we have to be open to appreciating um, and understanding. You know, we don't need to even be able to, un to, to really closely understand it, but just know that that's them. How can I best inter interact with them uh, and create an environment, especially for children, I think, you know, as, as adults and what we model and say to, to our children. Do, do children with all, and then I know that there's different, you know, levels across the sure. spectrum, as we call them, do they have senses that are overstimulated sometimes and they can't delineate between and that's yeah. why all those senses are just so much? Yes, there's two different two different ways in gen generally very generally speaking mm -hmm. a lot of kids are kind of super responsive or mm -hmm. really are bothered by every little thing that includes vision, yes. taste, smells and um 
just unexpected touch or touch at all. And mm. we know when we go to church, especially, everyone puts on their oh, fancy clothes, yes. which may or may not be comfortable, mm -hmm. and perfume. So we are dealing with some super overwhelmed senses. Yes. And then there's other children that are super, um, they don't respond as much to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So you might see them crashing and running into things. And you think, oh my gosh, this child is just hyper, mm -hmm. but really their body cannot get enough information. Uh -huh. And it would kind of be like you putting on a rubber glove mm -hmm. and digging in your purse for lipstick. It would be hard for you to yes. find that lipstick because you couldn't get all the details. Yes. And that's what the, some of the other kids struggle with. Mm -hmm. So you can have it or mixed in between somewhere. And the fact is that we just don't know and even the child doesn't know where he or she falls. Yeah. So it may be they're super responsive in sight and the bright lights bother them. Mm -hmm. But then in smell, they might be smelling everyone in church and you're thinking, what is what wrong with this child? Yeah. They really might want to just get more information that way. Yes, yes. So, I mean, when you when you hear you, you speaking, I mean, it, it's fascinating because I think as adults, we don't recognize because we've been conditioned through different yes. expectations through our life and so forth. And, you know, when we think about the amount of information that is bombarded as adults, for many of us, we've learned to ignore or tune that out. But I know, I mean, I'm an extroverted introvert and I know that if I get to that level where I need to just chill out and be on my own, if I can then those stimuluses can drain me to the point where I can get ill. And if you think here's a child who has not gotten those experiences through life to be able to do that and then to communicate what they need or what's going on for them, we can see that they would just go, you know what, the only thing I can do is just do this. You know. Absolutely. And that's mm. when meltdowns happen. And a lot of times people, one of the, actually one of the biggest questions when I'm speaking somewhere or in my blog or in my emails is why does my child hold it together at church or at school? Yes. And the teacher or the Sunday school teacher says, they're so well behaved, but then mm. they melt down in the car. Mm. It's because they've held it together <sighs> so long that mm -hmm. they're just showing their you know, so showing their meltdown side with their yes. parents. And I always say to them, well, then they love you. When you, if you see their meltdowns, you really know they love you because they're letting out all of this tightness and frustration and just mm. showing it when they're comfortable around yes. someone. So yeah. yeah, you're right. It's tough for them to hold it together in these difficult situations when yeah. they're expected to sit still and be quiet it's very I mean, for impossible me, isn't I, it? I'm a very kinesthetic and moving person too and so I will often and even in my husband say well you keep your foot still it, it says when someone says to me keep still I just have to go like that and you think as a young I mean I'm an adult so I can kind of okay I need to, to center but as children who are experiencing and they react because they're learning I think every Every action and interaction is a growing experience for all of us. But children, as you said, they're still plastic. And so all of those experiences are creating them new new experiences and, and educating them. I think as adults, we need to be aware of, of that, don't we? And have oh, the... Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting because when I, I'm going to Texas here in the States, uh, which is quite a few, quite a ways away from me, mm. but every the questions are all, you know, people always say, well, how do I know how to help them? And I always say, well, look at yourself first mm. and look at your preconceived notions about behavior and what's yes. acceptable. And then also look at your own the way you learn. Do you learn by looking, reading, mm -hmm. touching? Like you said, the love languages, you know, learn what bothers you, you know, and then think, you know what, I understand that now, like you mm -hmm. stated, just knowing yourself and understanding yourself as a human being 
yes. it helps you to understand others. Yeah, so I it think so it's does. really cool to look at yourself mm. and think, you know what, that does bother me. I don't like unexpected hugs and kisses. Maybe my child doesn't either. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think when yeah. we start to appreciate that and um, because if we're talking about young children who can sense things, if they can sense tension in the air, like adults, you walk into the room and you know, you could almost, the saying, we can cut the air, you know, with, with, a, with a knife almost, they would sense that. So as adults, if we are more understanding, more patient and create environments like that, then that I'm sure can impact significantly how the child reacts to that situation. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. so much. Yes. And then they feel when you're uncomfortable around them, they feel uncomfortable too. Yes. So yeah, they're just, you know, they're, they're so fragile and they just, they want to behave. And that's the thing I always say is, does anyone in this room want to fail? Mm. And the answer is no, you know, nobody wants to fail. And our kids don't either. Their kids succeed when they can. And that's mm -hmm. something that I hope people take away from this is that we need to help them to make it a comfortable environment, give them the sensory fidget toys if they mm. need those and just they'll, then they'll thrive, you yes. know, with love and attention and a lot of in intervention. And it's a lot of work for families. Yeah. Oh, it certainly so, is. Through the years, yeah. um, Cara, has there been any uh, Bible verses that uh, you've held near and dear to you that you want to share with, with people today? I don't know. I, I love 2 Corinthians 5.17 is mm -hmm. my favorite Bible verse. And it's, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Mm -hmm. The old is gone, the new has come. And I feel as though we, when we accept God's plan for us, mm -hmm. we are a new creation. We can kind of say, okay, mold me how you want. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're new in you, God, and we want to, you know, help you, help us to mold our child into what you want him to be. Yeah. And another thing that I wanted to point out too, is I've heard a lot of speakers that are Christians speak mm -hmm. about those kids though, that are on the lower end. I hate to say that of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I have one of those actually, mm -hmm. where they're not capable of language ever. And they might not have that potential is, you know, God always, we, we look at him as thinking you're pruning the vine if it's mm -hmm. not fruitful. And that's not, and, and a lot of parents will say, well, um, is my child, because he or she isn't communicating and able to spread God's word, is he going to get pruned from God's promises? Mm. And the fact is that that's not going to happen no. because through acceptance and love, that child is teaching yes. through all that, teaching us so many lessons. And mm. that's how God uses these kids. Yes, It's just, it's just beautiful. So yeah. that's one of the big things that parents and families and pastors ask is, wow, this is kind of hard. If they're not fruitful, mm. how can they, you know, do God's work? Well, it's just existing and us learning from them. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I think, you know, sometimes um, when we're bearing fruit, uh, we may not see the fruit, I think, that is being born. It is our communion with, with Christ and with God. And, and I think knowing that he loves and as a child, that knowing and that, you know, and I can't think of the word, it is, it's almost not, it's not pure because obviously we're all sinful, but there right. is none of that judgment and, and all that a lot of us adults bring to the relationship. It's, I love you and, uh, you know, and, um, and, and children can do that so well, they can model that. So I think for any of us sometimes to think, well, is that person being fruitful? It could just be there sitting in the relationship that he or she has, that young child, with our with our savior that uh, in it in itself is is what pleases him and i think uh, we can never judge that can we 
or question yeah, it. Oh, it's amazing. Mm. And that's the thing, you know, you asked me earlier, what, what is the next step for, you know, accepting my son and especially the mm. younger one that probably won't be able to be a very productive member of society, mm -hmm. but he has forced us all in the family and all those who know him to slow down, mm. appreciate the gifts that he does have. You know, he just teaches us patience and kindness. And mm. something interesting is a lot of kids with autism are so truthful because they're incapable of lying to manipulate mm -hmm. someone. Mm -hmm. So they're so honest that it's such a really pure thing. Yes. Like you stated, it's just a pure love. And, you know, they'll say sometimes, oh, your breath smells or, you know, they're, they're saying that because they, yes. why would we say, oh, it's fine. And then talk about someone behind their back. Yeah. They would never that's right that, so. it's it's it's, really it's like black lesson. and white my daughter's a bit like yes. that black and white and there's no gray in there and it's like it's either no. yes or no <laughs> and i tell you what you know if you ask her a question you're going to get it straight down the line and you need to appreciate it and that is such a, a good lesson for for all of us where it's oh actually that that actually really is that white lie it, it's mistruth it's a lie <laughs> so yeah i think every single one of us um no matter what age what stage we are at our life can be a blessing um yes. you know for people around us and uh so yeah again we, we need to remind ourselves not to judge others um and where they're at so share a little bit more car how can people get in contact with you what's the best way I have a Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, go to the Pocket Occupational Therapist. And that's a really cool way to follow us because we I post as much support as I can. No mm. negativity. It's mm. really important to me is just to keep the positive. Yes. And um, our, my website is www.pocket, P-O-C-K-E-T, then the letters O-T, Dot com. So www.pocketot.com. I have Pinterest and all that, but you can link through my website yeah, to that. Absolutely. I love blogging and just giving families tips and support. You know, mm -hmm. if I learn something, I want to pass it on to those that, that could benefit from it. And ah, I love when yes. people give me tips. Mm. It's a great, um, uh, the support network, I think, that technology now allows, you know, for people to connect all throughout the globe. I cannot remember, Can, can I would not even think now in the days I mean when I was younger we didn't even have the internet to think that we're quite isolated but now we've got access to, to parents all over the world who may have come up with an idea of oh if I'm doing this with my child that really works well we can adapt it I think is incredible um, what we have yes to be able we to didn't offer. have that either I'm probably the same around the same age as you mm. and my son my 18 year old I remember when he was first diagnosed he was three and I thought, well, how am I going to get any information? Because mm. the internet was super in its infancy. Yes. And it was more like I was writing letters and mm. getting, you know, making regular phone calls with a hardwired line. But Facebook has changed mm. and social media changed everything. Yes. And he started a support group and he's, you know, mm. because he's been bullied mm. and he wants to share what he's learned and support other kids just like him. Yes. So. The kids themselves can get support through social media. Of course, it can turn the other way too, mm -hmm. but we're going to try to keep positive yes. positive about it. Yeah. But, you oh, know, absolutely. setting limits for kids and mm -hmm. it's just tremendous how much support is out there. Yeah, it is. Well, thank yeah. you so much uh, for coming on the show today. I'd love to finish uh, the show just with a word of prayer for you. May I do that? Oh, please. Okay. I could all use that anytime. Thank <laughs> all you. All right. Thank you. 
Father God, thank you for the opportunity to speak with Cara today. Such an important message that, you know, for parents of children who do have autism, Father God, it, it, it allow us to get this message out into to the ears and, and the eyes of those who need to hear this. They are not alone. There is a support group there for them. And God, every single one of us is your creation. You created us. And so for those of us who may not have a deeper understanding, we really just pray that today through the message that Cara shared, that we can now have that increased awareness and the ability to, um, to approach and to nurture and support both the parents and the children as well. Father, I just want to extend a prayer in the name of Jesus that you will cover Kara and her family and her boys, bring them peace, bring them comfort, uh, to hear that now her, her son has created a support group. We just pray for your extra blessing and favor on that as well so that he can bring the message, change the world one message at a time for those people who have gone through that, who are experiencing that, to know that there is hope, there is possibility in and through you. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So beautiful. Oh, I really appreciate the prayer. Oh, look, my, so my pleasure. So <laughs> oh, know, it is. I don't do the best yes. of prayers. I, I, I'm not one of the, but you know what? Prayers, God knows what we need and we just need to ask. <laughs> he does. And I want to encourage those listeners too, that when you're feeling like you want to blame somebody, get on your knees and just thank God. And I feel as though when I thank him, for the blessing of raising these two special children. He chose me. You know, mm -hmm. I don't look at it as why did he chose me? I'm thankful that he chose me for this special role. And I take it very seriously and I'm so appreciative of it. And, and that's what I'm encouraging parents to do. When you feel angry, just be thankful if you can. Yeah. And that'll turn everything around, hopefully for you emotionally. And, yeah. You know. yeah. Thank you, Cara. It's been a blessing speaking with you today. Thank you. You've been listening to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com, changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. That's BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.